It's time for the Kitchen Garden segment on Real World Gardener. On the line, I've got Corinne Masati, who's the founder of the Gourmantic Garden website. It's a pleasure to have you once again on the Kitchen Garden segment, Corinne. Thank you for having me, Marianne. It's fantastic because we're going to be talking about how to have a continual harvest of bush beans. Well, I love beans. I think they're one of my favourite greens, I've got to say. Bush beans are my favourite ones to grow in summer because they are so easy to grow. And they're actually the ones that I recommend for a beginner gardener because it's very easy for them to just plant a seed and then reap the harvest later on. So when you mention bush beans, are we talking French beans at all or are they a different variety completely? I've got actually a few favourite varieties that I grow on a regular basis. One of them is called a provider bean. It actually lives up true to its name because it just keeps providing all through summer. And it's a green bean and it's about 10 to 15 centimetres long. It's very similar to the French style green bean that we know. There's also the uh, Cherokee wax butter bean. It's a yellow bean and it's actually got a lovely flavour and texture and it looks beautiful in the garden. The other one that I like growing is the Royal Burgundy bean. It grows a purple bean, but when you cook it, it turns green. But it's actually quite pretty to have. And you can actually grow all three. If you've got like a you know a really large pot or a raised bed, you can actually mix and match to give a little bit of colour in the garden. So, so these are all climbing beans, so they would grow, you'd need a trellis for support. No, these are bush beans. Ones don't need a trellis. There is one that I would like to mention that does need a trellis or a tepee, and that's called a rattlesnake bean. And that is also very prolific. And it does have a mottled appearance, so it does look like a rattlesnake and it's a long one. It's actually quite exciting to have. And that one you will need to have it climbing up a trellis. But in my tiny garden, I've just set up a tepee from bamboo shoots that I tied together and it's worked really well. Ah, right. Now now I understand what when you say bush beans, it's the ones that don't they're not really dwarfed, they're a little bit bigger, but they kind of cling to each other and um, support themselves as they grow. That's right. You yeah. don't need to support them. If you if you grow, I tend to grow things a little bit too close together because of the lack of space and I don't need to stake them at all. They just support each other and, and they grow. Great. I am familiar with the Cherokee wax. I have grown that one as well and I'm going to grow that one again this summer. So I'm a bit behind the times because I do believe you've already got some in the garden. I do and they're starting to flower at the moment. So it's very exciting. Indeed. So let's give uh, the listeners some tips about growing these and what can go wrong with them. Okay. So First of all, I'll just talk very briefly about soil prep. So about a couple of weeks before you direct sow or transplant, I add a little bit of compost, blood and bone, a handful of chicken manure pellets, top up with soil and just let the soil rest for a couple of weeks. Then when it comes time to start planting the beans, I soak them overnight in water and then the next day I just put them in about 20 millimetres deep. You can actually direct sow or raise them as seedlings. 
I prefer to direct so because it's less of a hassle to do. But sometimes I use both methods because I am so short on space and sometimes you might have one that doesn't actually germinate and you've got an empty space and you've got to start again and, you know, it doesn't look as good. So a combination of both, it doesn't make much difference whether you do it one way or the other. And basically you just water well and once you start finding that the first round of beans that you've sown they've got lines of flowering that would be the time to sow the next round of seeds usually i find that happens around the six week mark but it's all weather dependent because as the weather gets hotter and depending on which climate that you're on it could be faster or, or it could be a little bit slower in terms of maintenance, I water well and regularly. Most of mine are growing in large containers. So on the days where it doesn't rain, I water daily and I water deeply into the soil. And then once they start growing, harvest the beans on a regular basis. I can't stress that enough. And do it by snipping the fruit using garden sheaves or secateurs. If you pull on them, you're likely to accidentally dislodge the delicate flowers and you lose more beans that way. And the more you harvest, the more the plant puts the energy into flowering and fruiting. Yes, that's true. And the point that you raise about the length of time it's the first flowering appears does vary because after all, around Australia, it's very different climatic regions. So it's hard to actually really say, you know, exactly how long it's going to take. That's right. Um, I'm in Sydney, so in a temperate climate, usually I find it's around the six week mark, but yours might be a lot faster or it might be a lot slower. So just keep an eye on it. As soon as you see the flowers, start the next round. Now, also to mentioning my garden, I think I mentioned this before, that it's open on three sides and gets the hot sun all day, which means that at some point the leaves are going to get scorched and dry. If you can actually do it, you can use a cover with a shade cloth on very hot days, but I find it's a little bit difficult for me in my small space to try doing that. So whenever I see any scorched leaves or anything that's been damaged by pests, just snip them at the junction of the stem on a regular basis so keep the plant fairly healthy. When you've got your first flush of beans and you've harvested quite a few, you will see that the plant will start to slow down a little. So that's the time for me to take some action. And I top dress the soil with a little bit of blood and bone, water it in well and trim any diseased or dry leaves. And then I'll find that unless the plant is really badly scorched, I will get another flesh round of beans out of that first lot that I've planted early in the season. So you're doing succession planting, but you're also having the routine of harvesting on a regular basis, keeping an eye on it, adding a little bit of blood and bone in between fruiting. And then you can have an abundance of bush beans throughout the summer season, probably more than you can eat. Gee, that sounds wonderful. And I do like your tip about fertilising with blood and bone once you've harvested the first flush of beans although I do I do find that mine tend to stop soon after maybe I'm not picking them fast enough let's talk about you've harvested the beans what next what do you do Corinne well what I do I usually try and leave a few um, healthy beans on the plant so I can save some seeds it doesn't always work out because it could be raining and then I give up part way through and I rip the plant out 
because you find also at the end of the light's life cycle, you get bean rust, and that's a mottled, rusty appearance on the fruit. At that stage, you can apply an echo spray, but personally, I just discard them because I don't want to. I don't want to use any chemicals. It's actually a signal that the plant is coming towards the end of its life, and it's time to say thank you, goodbye, and you know, Sayonara. take it out and start again. So you've got all these, all that excess. You might have some excess. You might not. I did. So a lot of the harvest, you want to think about freezing. Now, when it comes to freezing them, I always ask the question, to blanch or not to blanch? Well, what is blanching for a start? That's when you drop the beans in boiling water for a very short period, usually about a minute or so, and then put them in iced water. And the reason for doing that, it stops the enzyme actions, which can cause loss of flavor and loss of color and loss of texture. Once you've done that, you can lay them dry and you once they've dry, you can put them on a large baking sheet in a single layer, make sure they're not touching, and then put them in the freezer for an hour. After that, you can take them out and then put them in a Ziploc bag and store them in the freezer and they won't stick together. Now, whether you want to blanch them or whether you just want to wash them, dry them and freeze them, I've tried both methods, and to be honest with you, I didn't find much difference between the texture and the flavor. So it's really up to you the way you prefer to do it. Oh, that's interesting. I have tried the blanching method only, and when I did defrost them, I found them a little bit tough. I will try again without blanching, and maybe they won't be so tough. Or maybe it was the yeah. variety that I was using. Maybe the variety. I find there is a difference between the two. Uh, sometimes when I store them, I mix the different varieties together and some might be slightly harder than the others and they've all had the same cooking time. So they, it's probably dependent on the variety that you're using. Well, we certainly have a, a lot of information for people to start growing more bush beans and forget the climbing beans. I mean, yes, they are okay. We can grow them. But if you haven't got room for a trellis or you just can't be bothered, it's just a lot easier to have bush beans growing in your veggie plot or even in a pot because you don't need any staking. All that information that Corinne has given us today should help you along your path of having a perpetual harvest of beans. Been lovely once again chatting with you, Corinne, and providing all that lovely information and sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me, Marianne. And one and little tip I'll share with you my favorite way of eating them lightly steam or boiled, drizzle with a really good olive oil, put some grated lemon zest on top, and toasted flaked almonds. And it's delicious. Sounds delicious. Thanks once again, Corinne. Thank you for having me, Marianne.